The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. The Healthy Baby Show is a production of iHeart Podcast Network and HealthyBaby.com. Our experiences are shaping our brains. So what the brain is exposed to, how it's engaged, all of that actually leads to changes in its physical shape, the connections, the structure. And infants, their brains are especially plastic. That's one reason why the experiences that we create for ourselves and for our children are really so important. There's so much about having a baby that I wasn't prepared for, and I feel like I've learned a lot. I want to let you in on what I've discovered and save you the time and effort, give you a shortcut through the hours of research, correspondence with experts, the roller coaster of it all, so that you can walk away with new knowledge that you can act upon every episode. This is The Healthy Baby Show. I'm Shazi Visram. Today's episode is probably the one I've been most excited about since I first started thinking about doing a podcast. Today, we get to explore the wonder of a baby's brain. That voice you heard earlier is Dr. Suzanne Goh. She's a pediatric neurologist and founder of Cortica, a healthcare organization focused primarily on helping children with neurodevelopmental differences. She spent her life studying the developing brain, how our environment impacts its ability to make connections. Most importantly, what we as parents can do to protect and nurture our children's developing brains to help them reach their full potential. When I first started Happy Family, that was 20 years ago, and I started learning about the relationship between nutrition and cognitive development, like the way we feed the biology of our brain. 
But then I became a mom to two kids, one of whom has autism. And I became hyper-focused on the ways actually our environments, not just the food we eat, shape how our baby's brains develop. And it's so fascinating. And I actually think the biggest epidemic of our time is this loss of cognitive function. We all can't focus. We have a hard time ourselves staying connected. And then we're bringing new babies into this world. We're hoping that they can have a long attention span and be engaged and be connected, but we're not setting them up to succeed. And I think with a little bit more knowledge and preemptive empowerment to parents, we could actually turn that around completely. The brain starts to develop in utero really early. So it's thought to begin developing around three weeks. And the brain, like every other organ, starts as just a few cells. So it's really kind of an extraordinary thing that something like 250,000 neurons are formed per minute <laughs> in utero during pregnancy. And so when the baby is born, there are about 100 billion neurons already formed. Sometimes people will make a comparison about how many stars are believed to be in our galaxy. And then neurons have to differentiate. They have different functions in the brain. And then they have to migrate. They have to move to the parts of the brain where they're meant to be. And we can really think of what's happening for the newborn in their brain as making new connections. That's what brain development is all about. It's about making connections between neurons. A single neuron can't do that much on its own. It has to connect with others. And those brain networks are what underlie all developmental milestones, all learning, all new skills. And I think for parents, the key thing to know is that when the brain is stimulated in certain ways, so when a child has certain experiences, then the right networks form. And that sets the stage really for how a child will learn and how they'll interact throughout their life. It's pretty heavy because... The first three weeks, the cells are coming together. Many times at that point, you might not even know you're pregnant. So let's say that you're trying to get pregnant or you're thinking about it. What is the optimal environment for the cells to move the way they need to move to function? And I, I mean, there's so much outside of our control. It's kind of like this is biology just unfolding. But are there things that we can do? There are a lot of things that are pretty basic for health, like nutrition, things like exercise, and then things that help to reduce the state of stress in general, things like healthy social relationships, community connections. And one of the things that can get in the way is a state of anxiety or stress about getting pregnant. So it's a delicate balance where on the one hand, you want to attend to these things because they are important but not stress or be overly anxious about them. I asked Dr. Go what she did through her own pregnancies to lay the groundwork for healthy brain development. I made choices around my nutrition and diet, but I was also aware of some research indicating that you might not want to do more ultrasounds than necessary. So I actually, I limited the number of ultrasounds and I did not do like 3D ultrasounds, for example. I also opted out of that with Asha because I was hypersensitive to making choices that created as much of a natural environment as it could versus adding new things. And I think for parents knowing that there are things you can say no to, there will be a lot of information coming to you, but you have a lot of choices along the way. Dr. Go says it's important for new parents to have a basic understanding of epigenetics 
the ways in which our environments can change how our genes express themselves. Our environment and our genes are actually very connected, uh, and the environment can influence our genes. Now, they don't change our genetic makeup itself, but they change the way our genes function, which, you know, influences our physiology. So it means that a lot of genetics and what we pass on to our children from our genes, we can't control. But things that influence how genes work, like our nutrition, like our stress level, physical activity, do directly influence how our genes work. So one category of experience is movement. So how do we move in the world? And I, I really like this phrase, when you move, your brain changes. It's so true. So we sometimes talk about enriched environments. A child in an enriched sensory environment is experiencing things through all of their senses. We'll be back after a quick break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Welcome back to The Healthy Baby Show. So an enriched environment really presents the brain with new things on a continual basis. 
Dr. Michael Leon is a professor of neurobiology and behavior at the University of California, Irvine. He's also a leading expert on environmental enrichment, or the ways in which sensory environments can stimulate our brains and help create new neural pathways. It's fine if babies get the same thing every day and they use age-appropriate toys and age-appropriate experiences, and that's great for their happiness and their bonding with the parents and just sort of getting through the day. But they're not given a chance to challenge the brain, to do something new every day. And what environmental enrichment does is it presents the brain with novelty, new things every day. And that allows the brain to challenge itself, and it stimulates what we call neuroplasticity, which is really just a way of saying the brain develops new ways of dealing with the world. I asked Dr. Leon how parents could practice environmental enrichment in their everyday lives. There's probably no better supported phenomenon in the neurosciences than environmental enrichment. And basically what it is is that people notice that despite the fact that lab animals do great in their box cages, they can learn, they can do motor things, they can have social behaviors, they look perfectly normal. But when you put them in a larger environment with more things to do and a great deal of novelty, which turns out to be critical, their brains become much more complex, much more capable, they learn better, their motor skills are better, they're better at pretty much anything. And even more impressive, there are animal models of pretty much every human neurological disorder. So Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, multiple sclerosis, seizures, stroke, toxins, brain injury. All of these animal models are really good because they show the symptoms that humans have when they have exactly the same changes in their brain. And you see all of the human-like symptoms being expressed when they're raised in a box cage. But when you move them into an environmental enrichment situation, they lose many of their symptoms, in some case, all of their symptoms. So just giving them a little bit more social stimulation, all kinds of new things to do, changes their brain sufficiently so that it compensates for these neural problems that they have. I mean, that's a big wow. Yeah, yeah. And you can actually see this in humans as well. If there's a problem in the brain, it develops a workaround. So it uses other pathways in the brain to make the outcome, the behavior and the thinking normal again. And so that's why it's so powerful. Neuroplasticity for me as a mom to a child with pretty severe autism who I continue to believe in every day is kind of like my saving grace, like the idea that the brain can adapt and learn and grow and never stops is really fascinating to me, but also really comforting because it does give you the sense that there's hope and we can actually retrain a somewhat disordered or dysregulated or disorganized brain. That's what's so wonderful about the concept of environmental enrichment, that it works for so many different kinds of things. and It, in a sense, customizes what needs to be done to the brain to normalize it. Dr. Leon says the idea of environmental enrichment is becoming more mainstream. For example, some companies have developed sensory enrichment activities and therapeutic boxes of tools designed for your child's brain. I've used one program with my son, Zane, and have even seen firsthand how it improved his communication— 
But I also noticed how interested my younger daughter, Asha, was in those same exercises and how they were helping her flex her muscles ahead of time. We see this often with parents telling us about their younger kids who are sort of getting this kind of environmental enrichment with their older kid getting it for some very specific reason. And the younger kid really blossoms. And what this suggests to me is that the human brain needs a lot more stimulation to be optimal than most people think. But it takes a lot of effort and and many parents can't do it for that reason. It takes time, but unlike many of the therapies you hear about, environmental enrichment is affordable. A lot of the exercises Dr. Leon uses in his lab involve things you already have in your kitchen. Dr. Goh says, in many cases, all you need to do is head outside. So one of the things we know from research, too, is just how beneficial it is for our bodies when we're outdoors. So there's an approach now called ecotherapy, which is just about being in the natural environment. So finding ways to have physical experiences in those environments is really important. There's this adage, you can't teach a drowning man how to read. When is a baby's brain or a child's brain or any of us, when are we more primed to truly learn to make those connections in an enriched environment? Yeah. So there's a term that I really like, which is ready to learn state basically describes like what is the state of being, in this case, let's think about a child, is one in which they're not overwhelmed, they're not drowning. It means it's one in which their basic body mechanisms are secure and stable and not in a state of dysregulation. Another term used in neurology is a state of arousal. You know, are they hyper-aroused? Are they already on overdrive and overwhelmed? That is not a good state in which to benefit from learning environments. And so how do you get out of that state? It depends on the child, but often it's about making sure their basic needs are met. They're not too hot, they're not too cold, they're not hungry, thirsty, or sleep-deprived. So that basic functions are met and that their senses are not being overwhelmed by what's coming in and they're not in a state of feeling threatened. We think of that sometimes as a fight-or-flight state where they're fearful and on guard. It's hard for any of us to learn when we're in that mode. On this topic, I mean, how can we create a ready-to-learn state without being so prescriptive? It's more about, like, how do we live in that state? Yes. Well, routines are really important. When I think about a nice daily routine, it includes a few key elements. Movement, things like nourishing your body, interactions with other people that are enjoyable. Every day needs to have this sort of flow to it. I also like to think about sometimes short-term Stress is good because it means we're being challenged. Maybe we're learning something new. There's a new demand. But it's really important that you have the opportunity to recover from that stress. It's when stress becomes long-term, chronic, sustained, that's really, really damaging. And for children, because they're growing and changing so much so fast, especially in the early years, there's a need to find challenges that, yes, may increase stress temporarily, but are at the right level for that child's next step in their growth. The term that occupational therapists use sometimes is the just right challenge. It's what is the challenge that does not overwhelm a child, but scaffolds them to the next level of development in their skills. Both Dr. Goh and Dr. Leon talked a lot about stress, how it can affect a baby's development in utero or a young child's ability to self-regulate. 
So most people know that in fetal life, it's not good to take any kind of medicines or drugs or alcohol or anything that will disturb the development of the baby's brain. But most people don't know about what is called the adverse childhood experiences. And this came out of a study of 17,000 developing children, and they just counted the bad things that could happen to a kid. So verbal abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, isolation, parents who are drug addicts or alcoholism, kids who have lost one of their parents, any incarceration, poverty itself, food insecurity, or parents having a mental problem. And they didn't look at the severity of it or the duration of it, just whether they had experienced this or not. And then they looked into their teen years and adult years, and what they found was just striking. That is, for every one of these bad experiences, the kids experienced really significant changes in their entire life. And so at one extreme, if they ticked off six of these things, it cut 20 years off the lifetime of the individual. I think with four of these things, you had a 32 times more probable to have problems in school because you couldn't self-regulate, you couldn't stay calmly in your chair. You know, it predicted violence in their later years, incarceration, dropping out of school, having problems with relationships, getting into risky sexual situations. Every bad thing that we see in our culture is probably located in the bad experiences that these kids had early in life. Dr. Leon did emphasize that there are things we can do to help kids recover from stressful or even traumatic experiences. You can have normal positive experience and that's good, but you need to do special things to recover from adverse childhood experiences. And so what you're seeing in many schools now is that they are using meditation, which can calm the system and works very well. Yoga is another thing. Again, they're using that in the schools, and that also calms the nervous system. And again, it's one of these special things to do, but it's probably uh, a really important thing to do. And I should point out, not only do you have mental problems when you've experienced these things, you also have physical problems. So these people are much more subject to cardiac problems and cancer and just a variety of medical issues that emerge from their early experiences. And that's probably due to the fact that all of these things trigger chronic stress. He says sensory enrichment, specifically olfactory enrichment, can help repair neural pathways that may have been damaged from chronic stress. Most people think that the olfactory system or the smell system is just sort of a nice-to-have system. But in fact, it's probably in many ways the most important sense that we have. But it's actually critical for the health of the brain. It turns out that you can replace all of the environmental enrichment experiences with olfactory enrichment. And what that means is that every day you give people many odors to smell. Again, novelty is key. And when you do this, what happens is that, in this case, the mice have just as much improvement as they would have experienced in the entire environmental enrichment situation. And they saw what the mechanism was, and that was the production of new neurons in the cognitive areas of the brain. So you're saying exposure to a variety of smells actually improves cognition and creates more neural activity. Yeah, so they found this in mice, and we took that and did it with humans. 
And it turns out that after six months of olfactory enrichment, we found cognitive improvements and we also imaged the brain and found that there was an improvement in a critical pathway in the brain that is involved with cognition. And it turns out that the more olfactory stimulation that you get, that is the different kinds of odorants that you experience each day, the better the outcome for the brain. And there's one spectacular report out of South Korea that is just amazing. And that is they gave people with dementia, that is Alzheimer's disease, 40 different odorants to smell in the morning and in the evening. And they were able to reverse the memory problems that these individuals had. And they also were able to decrease their depression symptoms. So one of the other things about the olfactory system is that goes to the emotional systems of the brain. And so they found striking improvements in both their cognition and emotions. And just to make sure everybody understands this, nobody has been able to treat Alzheimer's disease successfully with anything that has been tried. There have been hundreds of failed clinical trials using every drug you can imagine and billions of dollars spent with very little to show for it. There's no reason to believe that we can't get the same kind of improvements in children that we see in older adults. And maybe that people just need more olfactory stimulation throughout their lives. You know, if you breathe in deep now, wherever you are, the likelihood is, is that you will smell nothing. And people probably didn't evolve to spend their lives in odor-free environments. You need the kind of novelty and complexity and different kinds of stimulation every day that you get from olfactory enrichment. So it's not aromatherapy, which is just using a single odor that people think have special characteristics. It is the continual experience of new things that gets your brain to trigger neuroplasticity or even just maintain itself. I asked Dr. Leon what else he recommends for parents looking to help their child develop a more resilient brain. I think my favorite intervention is people having conversations with their kid. Anything that the kid says, cooing or moaning or just bubbling or burbling, respond to it as though they were saying something sensible. And you have these conversations with the kids over time. And that actually turns out to have really strong impacts on these kids. And they've been followed up for 10 years. And these impacts continue into their teenage years. What this is showing is that it's not so much the words that they hear. What I particularly like about it is that you're not going to have the same conversation with the kid every time. It's going to be a novel interaction. And so I think what they're doing is triggering the neuroplasticity that you get from those kinds of interactions. Here's Dr. Go again. You know, research has come such a long way. There could be a really wonderful kind of comprehensive curriculum for people who are wanting to become parents. And it would include education around the different domains of development, like fine motor, gross motor, social, emotional, language, cognitive, and just a general overview of what the developmental milestones are in each of those areas and the normal range. So for example, the age range when children might start to walk can be anywhere from eight months to 18 months. That's a huge range. And so I think even knowing those ranges can be quite reassuring, but then also for parents to know what to be looking for, 
and then to know what to do if they begin to be concerned for their child. We'll be back after a quick break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Welcome back to The Healthy Baby Show. When Zayn was diagnosed with autism at age two, I had to rethink everything I thought about brain development and children. That's because the brain of a child with autism actually develops differently than a neurotypical child's brain. I asked Dr. Goh what the latest research tells us about this. So a lot of what we know about the brain and autism now comes from brain imaging research that's happened over the past couple of decades. And there are several different theories, but probably the leading theory is that the brain and autism is different in terms of how networks are connected. So our brains have very highly complex networks and there are short range networks. And then there are connections that connect more far-ranging areas of the brain that are called long-range connections. And so the thought in autism is that there may be fewer of these long-range connections and more of the short-range connections. There are a variety of other 
thoughts about how the brain might be different in autism, including the brain's metabolism, how our bodies take in nutrients, convert them into energy, and then get rid of waste and toxins. And that's happening for the brain. And so that is a very dynamic state. Understanding autism in this way, I feel like, is very hopeful because those are things that can be changed. What is the future of treatment for autism? Do you think that there will be one day a way to enhance the metabolism of the organ of the brain to be able to be more connected? I do. I don't think it will end up being one treatment. I think it'll end up being a combination of multiple different approaches, including things like neuromodulation, which is the application of different electrical and magnetic technologies to modify brain function. It'll include things that we currently do, but we'll find new and better ways to do them and combine them like occupational therapy, music therapy, speech language therapy, physical therapy, behavior therapy. You know, there's a lot of innovation that is happening and and needs to happen, you know, in how those therapies are delivered. I think there's a role for nutrition. There's a role for medication. And so I do think the future for autism therapy is finding out how to use these in combinations. Dr. Leon agrees. He added environmental enrichment to that list, too and says in the future, he hopes we all come to think of it as an essential part of our daily routines. Instead of considering environmental enrichment or olfactory enrichment as a medical procedure, that is something to do if there's something wrong with the brain, consider it more as a public health feature, that you do this preventively. That is, you brush your teeth every day to make sure that you don't develop the cavities Just as that is the case for your teeth, I think it's even more important that we do this for your brain. We have to recognize that we're probably being deprived. Our brains are not getting enough stimulation. And rather than waiting until something goes wrong or we lose our memory as we age, what we're probably going to see is that we will have a preventive public health orientation that allows us to prevent these things from happening to begin with. As we look to the future of ensuring healthy brain development for our kids, and Dr. Goh touched on this a minute ago, a fascinating and crucial element will be nutrition. You've probably heard of fatty acids. But did you know scientists have recently discovered a new one? Stephanie and Eric Van Watson, founders of Serafina Therapeutics, are a physician and veterinarian at the forefront of this discovery. The new fatty acid is called C15, And full disclosure, I'm a proud investor in their company because I'm always doing research on new supplements that can impact brain health. And a a new friend introduced me to them. And now my son takes Fatty 15. I was working for the CDC and World Health Organization as a veterinary epidemiologist, helping to set up surveillance systems for infectious diseases all over the world. And then about 20 years ago, I was asked by the U.S. Navy to help start and lead a clinical research program to continually improve the health and welfare of the Navy's dolphins. And so as we got to see the journey from neonates all the way to geriatric, we're able to discover that dolphins, just like people, as large-brained, long-lived mammals, were developing similar chronic diseases, including neurologic diseases such as Alzheimer's disease. We were able to find 100 molecules that predicted which dolphins would be healthy agers and which wouldn't. 
And from there, we then moved into the lab to start evaluating these molecules that are present both in dolphin's blood and our blood. And that's where C15 was discovered. It was one of the top molecules. Stephanie's team spent the next three years working with C15 and found that it wasn't just an active fatty acid. A growing number of scientists have declared it essential, just like omega-3 and omega-6. The essential fatty acids are important in the growth and maintenance of our baby's cells, their neurons, the growth of their white matter, and then the cell signaling that's required between all of these cells. And then for our baby's brains, fatty acids are even more integral to the growth and connectivity of their brains, especially when their brains are making over one million or more neural connections per second uh, and growing quickly, which is pretty amazing. Studying the dolphins, Stephanie's team was able to isolate the effects this newly discovered fatty acid was having on their health. We found that dolphins that had lower C15 in their blood were less healthy. When we put C15 back into their diet via high C15 fish, they got better. Interestingly, in humans, you know, we've been going through our own 40-year experiment with taking C15 out of our diets. And that's because our main source of C15 is whole fat milk and cow's milk and dairy. So, you know, in 1977, Congress took an unusual step in coming out with recommendations for people to decrease their intake of all saturated fats. And our primary source of saturated fats are whole fat milk and butter. And so the purpose of that at the time was to help decrease the risk of heart attacks that were happening among primarily men. Those recommendations were made across the board. Now, what's happened since then is that instead of getting healthier, we're seeing an increase in obesity and heart disease, liver disease, called fatty liver disease, type 2 diabetes, importantly, among younger and younger people. And so a lot of studies have come out since that change that have shown indeed Even chain-saturated fatty acids, the ones that are present at the highest level in butter and milk, like C16 and C18, do continue to be associated with poor health, but C15 and C17 that are these odd chain-saturated fatty acids, and they're present at much, much lower levels, have been continually associated with decreased risk of diabetes, heart disease, you know, the very diseases we were trying to prevent. And this impact of odd chain fatty acids, including C15 on development, appears to be due to improvement in the myelin sheath. And so it's this insulating wrap, right, around our nerve cells that allow the electrical conduction to allow our brain to do what it does, basically. And so the studies to date support that the higher odd-chain fatty acids are helping to improve the quality of that myelin sheath. And that then is helping to facilitate growth of cognitive development and brain health for the infants. Do we hope that in our near future, we can see C15 as a supplement that's given to all women who are pregnant, lactating, and then eventually the babies themselves? We do. We spent a lot of time trying to figure out what would be the ultimate source of C15. And so to make a long story short, we now have a plant sourced a pure ingredient. Our last batch was 99.8% pure and it's vegan friendly, meaning we didn't use animal products. It's non-dairy. I'm so grateful you've identified 
a third essential fatty acid because it seems like something that can shift the trajectory of neurological development that can improve the way our brains age. What does the future look like in terms of optimizing brain health for babies and adults? The vision for this would be that this pure ingredient is used to fortify foods the same way that we see fortified foods for the other vitamins and essential fatty acids. The second part is taking on the continued recommendation that all saturated fats are bad. If we look at the most recent national guidelines in the U.S. for nutrition, there are 165 pages They mention the term saturated fats is bad 163 times. And so we've done a disservice to public health, to ourselves, to our children, by not seeing the science that's now in dozens of studies from reputable groups showing that just like we first thought all fats were bad, we now know some fats are good, some fats are bad. And now it's this new frontier of not all saturated fats are bad. Some saturated fats are good, and those are the odd chain fatty acids. And how can we bring those back into the world? Well, that's it for this week's episode. Next week, we're going to talk all about gut health and the microbiome. Gut health is so important because the microbes in your body can control the way that you behave and act. And a lot of us don't realize that our gut is like our second brain. And if we actually approach creating holistic health for our bodies through our gut, we can improve our brain health and improve behaviors in our children. And it's something I think is really cool to share with new parents so they understand the importance of the early years of how their baby's guts are developing and why that's so cool. Join us next time. The Healthy Baby Show is a production of iHeart Podcast Network and HealthyBaby.com, where you can find a new line of the safest baby essentials. The Healthy Baby Show is hosted by me, Shazi Vasram. Our lead producer is Jennifer Bassett. Executive producers are Nikki Etor, Anna Stump, Shazi Vasram, and James Violette. Mastering and sound design by Carl Cadle and Dan Bauza. Additional writing and research by Julia Weaver. Our theme music is by Anna Stumpf and Hamilton Lighthouser. Additional music from Blue Dot Sessions. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.
Turns out, a delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything they make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived and other thoughtfully chosen ingredients, their cleaning products smell like a dream and work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. Goodness, there's no better feeling than that. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Visit mrsmyers.com today.